Our first question is going to come from Chris Vanini with The Athletic. Chris, go ahead. Uh, Craig, do you expect all 12 teams to participate this fall? I do at this point, Chris. That's a great question. You know, we have some restrictions, uh, certainly in some of our states right now. And we talked that through a little bit and we're working through those with uh, state and local and, and county in between governance restrictions. But um, it might be a little premature, but at this point, everybody is, is making every attempt and effort to get those variances and clearances. And I, I know some teams either haven't started yet or, or are maybe a week or two into the 12 week, uh, 12 hour stuff. Um, considering we're four weeks away from games and the NCAA had those recommended timelines to come back, um, how do you feel about the availability of everybody on October 24th? Well, that was one of the questions and, and Dr. Islas can maybe answer it better, but from our medical group and, and we really focused on that is 29 days enough that would be a normal fall practice schedule anyway, Chris. And so, uh, you know, today is the 25th. And if we play on the 24th and the 29 window is, is perfect, it's tight. But, uh, you know, there are restrictions on days off and what you can do and the acclimatization period, acclimation period of uh, being able to wear uh, particular helmets and, and spiders, et cetera, for a few days before you get into contact drills. But you touched on a key point. A number of our institutions, maybe with the exception of one, have minimally been in the 12-hour window uh, for a period of time now. Thanks. Yep. Our next question will come from Michael Katz from wyomingsports.com. Hi, Craig. Uh, this one is for you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's been a, a crazy week or so uh, with the Big Ten kind of getting the ball rolling. I'm just kind of curious, um, you know, in, in terms of the Mountain West acting, why, uh, you know, the proper uh, government entities to get clearance and um, things of that nature maybe weren't done a little bit sooner and why rapid testing that push didn't really kind of uh, get going until the Big Ten made its move? Well, we didn't base anything on the Big Ten or any other conference, certainly, Mike, but, uh, you know, our situation was unique. We had three schools in the state of California, the state of Hawaii, the state of New Mexico that, that have different protocols and restrictions, and we're working through those right now and, and don't have 100% uh, clearances in, in all areas, but we're working towards those. So I think it's something that it didn't just happen in the last week or based on anybody else's decision, but more that we've been working on this for months now and trying to figure out a way that the biggest key in all this has been our relationship uh, with Quest Diagnostics and getting the, the three rapid testing antigen tests for each campus and and without that we wouldn't even be here today and then just a a, a quick follow-up um it, it, a lot has been made of of the cost of testing do you have any specifics on on what a single test will cost and how much it's looking like uh it could cost for for, for these uh, programs yeah in part you know we certainly have an idea it'll, it'll be well into the millions of dollars but uh, it depends 
perhaps on the bubble size, the inner bubble, if you will, uh, let's presume 100 players and 10 coaches and trainers, you know, how many people are in that bubble that will be tested three times a week? And that varies institution by institution. We might be able to get to a point that every Mountain West institution has an inner bubble, hypothetically, of uh, 140 people. Uh, some are larger, some are smaller. And so, you know, the, the cost, uh, there is a fixed cost uh, on the test, but we don't know exactly the number of, of people that will be tested on each campus. Our next question will come from Ralph Russo from the AP. Ralph, please make sure you unmute your phone, please. Hi, Craig. Uh, I guess one quick one for you. You had mentioned that you expect all the teams to compete. I understand, Air, well, Air Force had already planned to play uh, Navy and Army. Um, what's their status? I also know that there's some things with the, uh, the, the, the students there as far as being able to take a semester off. You just address Air Force's status. Well, they could do a better job uh, specifically, Ralph, but my understanding, I, I spoke to uh, Troy Calhoun on Wednesday at the change of command and superintendent ceremony, and I think as many as uh, into the high 30s uh, took advantage of the turn back and are, are off this semester and will not be a part of the football program. But, uh, you know, that's going to be a question that, that they can answer right now you you hit it on the head they will play army and navy scheduled and they would probably play uh, another six mountain west games if not seven they may end up playing nine games and everybody else eight games because of army and navy but uh, those will be determined you know nobody has a crystal ball as to what's going to happen on anyone's schedule throughout the rest of uh, october november and, and if I could just direct one at the doctor um, about the testing, um, the antigen testing seems to be a game changer as far as the cost and the speed. But, you know, in the Big Ten and Pac-12, they're doing it daily, and they believe that that's the way that they'll sort of contain things and not get a caught up in a lot of contact tracing people in, uh, into quarantine. Why do you think three days a week where you've seen some disruptions in these other conferences will be manageable for the Mountain West with the antigen testing? It's a really good question, and uh, I hope you can hear me well. Uh, it's, really Thank good, you. it's a really good question to talk about antigen testing and, and why why only three times a week when, when other people are doing it six, seven. Uh, when you look at the sensitivity and specificity for antigen testing, doing it multiple times during the week actually increases your chances of actually getting rid of uh, that sort of decrease in sensitivity specificity. The good news with us though, is that we're using a, a antigen test uh, that is actually new to the market uh, through Quest Labs that is actually really sensitive and really specific. It is just tiny fraction less than a PCR test. And so by us doing it multiple times a week, uh, we're kind of hedging our bets in our favor that we'll catch a, a positive uh, and we're, we're confident that because the test is actually a, a very sensitive and very specific test that actually we'll probably be able to kind of factor out those false negatives and false positives as well. You know, Ralph, one follow-up, uh, if you can hear me, is we have the three antigen tests, but if anyone does test positive, we'll follow that up with a, uh, a, a PCR. 
Our next question will come from Kelly Lyle from the Fort Collins, Coloradoan. Craig, as you said, obviously there's the testing and all. What are the various requirements going to be for a team to be able to play a game versus at what point you say it's just not safe for this team to play this week based on testing, quarantining, whatever else, number of players at positions? Well, as we speak, uh, Kelly, the 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 uh, nine leagues that are scheduled to play or have started to play have variances on that. Some have minimums of 53 players, a specific number. Some have specific per position, and we have to determine that with our athletic directors. So that none of that has been determined yet. You have it has all to come. To come, correct. Okay. Our next question will come from Adam Rittenberg from ESPN. Hey, Craig, similar to Ralph's question, I'm just wondering kind of the journey to this uh, testing place for you guys and what else did you consider was was a daily antigen uh, option on the table or, or how did you guys get to this place with your testing? Well, we've been PCR testing for several months, uh, Adam, and, and you know, the, I think Dr. Isla said it best, certainly the three antigen with the quality of the test that's, that Quest is providing is going to be sufficient for us. Uh, the, the, the range is, is as close to a, a daily PCR. Obviously, daily would be better than three times a week, but we're very comfortable. And, uh, you know, hats off to, uh, to our medical advisory group. They've been meeting on a weekly or bi uh, weekly basis for four or five months now. And it's something that we talk about on every call. You know, what, what is a, a comfortable level for testing? And, and again, uh, with Quest's support and help and, and their test specifically, uh, we feel very comfortable that three antigen tests with a necessary follow-up PCR uh, is sufficient to, to uh, uh, get us what we need. And then just a quick follow-up. Obviously, people know about what's going on in California. What about New Mexico and Hawaii specifically and, and some of the issues uh, just locally with those states, with your institutions? Well, uh, Hawaii has certainly been talking to their uh, governor and, and local health authorities, and we've exchanged a, a lot more information just since this decision was made last night uh, with the president at Hawaii. And, and certainly, they still have some steps to go. There have been uh, discussions about the restrictions in Hawaii now, but you know, I, I don't want to get the, the uh, cart ahead of the horse, but certainly we're optimistic that they will be able to resolve some things and that a team can fly the night before a game, play in Hawaii, and return home safely. New Mexico is in a similar situation. Both states still have quarantines if you visit Hawaii or New Mexico, but uh, working with local authorities on on our testing policies, if there are additional requirements or demands from those two states, but uh, working all through those and, and uh, hopefully a resolution within the next month before October 24th. The next question will come from Derek Togerson from KNSD in San Diego. 
Hey, Craig, uh, the eight-game schedule, uh, have you built in any extra dates in there? Will it be eight games over, a, say, a 10-week period? Uh, we have seen some other schools have to postpone games. Will there be any time in there to, uh, God forbid, there is need for a postponement, be able to make those games up? There isn't. Uh, we, we have eight games in eight weeks, and you know I would fully anticipate that not all 12 institutions in the Mountain West will play eight games for various reasons just based on what we've seen the first three weeks of, of this season. And a question for Dr. Davis. Um, Dr. Davis, uh, Mr. Thompson mentioned, uh, or uh, Mr. Rizzles, I believe, mentioned a different kind of test that's being used. Can you uh, kind of walk us through what that new test is and uh, maybe if that's going to be something that other uh, leagues and, and conferences may be able to, uh, to pick up? And is this kind of a, kind of a game changer for you? Well, um, first, I'm not a, a doctor, but thank you for, uh, <laughs> for the title. Um, the, the antigen test is, uh, is, is Dr. Uh, uh, Tony discussed, um, has what we call lower uh, limits of detection versus some of the other tests that are out on the market uh, today. And um, at those lower limits of detection, we can detect the virus earlier. And, um, and then we have the same sense, we have a better sensitivity specificity around those lower limits. So that's what gives um, the medical community uh, in the conference the confidence to do the every other day testing, along with, of course, um, any positives will be reflexed immediately through the gold standard, which is our PCR testing. Our next question will come from Chris Murray at Nevada Sportsnet. For Commissioner Thompson, uh, I'm wondering if the truncated football season will still allow you guys to hit the thresholds required to satisfy the uh, entirety of the media rights deal that you guys signed not too long ago. Uh, too early to tell, Chris. We'll just have to see. You know, we, we have enough games scheduled uh, to, to meet those commitments and obligations. I've spoken several times to Fox and CBS just since last night's uh, announcement and decision. And so, you know, right now we have enough inventory, but we'll see how many of those games are actually played. Okay. And then just to follow up on the, uh, the testing costs, will the Mountain West um, absorb some of those costs or is that up to each of the individual schools to pay for on their own? Right now, the Mountain West will absorb 100% of the testing costs. Our next question will come from Chris Matthews from KLAS-TV in Las Vegas. Hey, Craig, can I just ask you a little bit? I, I, the, the reports that surfaced, surfaced yesterday about the uh, kind of relaxing all the bowl restrictions in terms of wins and losses and opening the door for, for more schools to participate, which I guess makes sense. And I, but it, can, you, can you shed some more light on some of those reports that were circulating yesterday in terms of bowl eligibility and, and if they're being relaxed? Yeah, the Football Oversight Committee made a recommendation to the council, I believe that'll be voted on in mid-October, that there really are no restrictions. You do not have to have a winning record. Uh, there, There is no 500 uh, record, rather. And right now, I just had a conversation with ESPN about the number of bowls they are still going to sponsor. I, I will say this, the bowl season will be very unique. The football oversight also is recommending December 1st through, I think, January 10th, right up to the national championship as the window. As you know, it can be a challenge for the Mountain West if we play our championship game on the 19th, Saturday the 19th, 
that is generally the opening day of bowl season. And we usually play in a couple games on opening day. And so uh, all those decisions are going to be determined how many bowls there will actually be and, and uh, what the record has to be. You know, there could be teams playing in bowl games this year with less than a 500 record. And if I can follow up that championship game, will it be played here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium? No, it's going to be at the site of the highest uh, win percentage team. We'll move on to Kirk Kenny from the San Diego Union Tribune. Team. Hi, Craig. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the schedule? When will it be out? And will will the teams be playing the same eight they had on the schedule originally, or and will it be all, all conference, or how, how will that work out? A uh, couple questions embedded in there. It uh, right now, uh, Army and Navy and Air Force will be out of conference. Uh, there's the potential that a Boise State BYU previously scheduled game could be played. Other than that, it will be all conference. Uh, not necessarily the opponents that were on the scheduled 2020 slate uh, before the the pandemic, and. Everyone is scheduled to play uh, a maximum of eight games with the exception of the, uh, the Air Force situation with Army and Navy, potentially could be nine. And then uh, how will you guys determine who will be the representatives for the conference championship game? We're going to do it right now. We're, we're still structured on the divisional play, but uh, that's going to be determined and discussed in the coming weeks with the athletic directors we might just go to the top two winning percentages, but right now it's still West versus Mountain divisional uh, play. We're going to try BJ Range from the Idaho Press Tribune one more time and see if his computer's working. You got me now, Craig? Yep. Okay, sorry about that. I had a similar question before, but if Boise State and BYU do play, obviously there'd be one less conference game. So is there, how many conference games are, are the teams expected to play, I guess? And is there a minimum number of conference games a team would have to play to be eligible to be in the championship game? There's not. And, and certainly uh, that is correct. That's accurate. If Boise State plays BYU, they would play seven Mountain West games in addition. And so I, I, I guess in terms of the schedule, and how are you guys putting that together in terms of some teams playing eight league games, some teams playing seven or six or whatever? It just seems like it's going to be a unique year from that standpoint in terms of trying to put all this together. And when do you hope to have a schedule you can announce? Well, I think uh, that's the operative word. Uh, everything is unique this year. And so we're adjusting on the fly. Uh, that could very well be the case that Air Force and Boise State plays seven games and the others conference and the others play eight Mountain West games. Um, we're working frantically and quickly and expeditiously. We have several models. Uh, the ADs meet twice a week and we'll continue to discuss. I, I would hope probably in the, uh, I don't want to pin ourselves in, but in the very near future, we will have a schedule. Next question will be from Bruce Feldman from Fox Sports. Hey, Craig, um, how concerned are you about you guys are going to play your first game scheduled less than a month away and the Pac-12 is in the same, pretty much the same geographic footprint and they have determined that 
they felt like they couldn't safely do it without additional injury risk till uh, the first week of November. Is that a is that much of a concern, or how much discussion did you guys have about that? Uh, we had a ton of discussion, um, Bruce. You know, our our, our football coaches uh, have been meeting not quite on a weekly basis, but but very frequently, and and we've been been discussing all summer and into the fall, four weeks, six weeks, five weeks, uh, et cetera. And, and as you can imagine, varying opinions on the necessary time to play. I want to emphasize that the 29 days between September 25th and October 24th is the same window that would be a normal fall. What we didn't have is what you did in June and July before you got to those 29 days. And that's been varying. But as I said before, most of our institutions, maybe with the exception of one, have been in the 12 hour window now for a, a decent period of time. So between the coach's input, between the athletic director's input, and, and maybe most importantly, our medical advisory group, uh, we feel comfortable that 29 days is sufficient uh, to prepare. Thanks, Fred. Our next question will come from Julian Delgadio from Fox 5 San Diego. Hey, this is to, to Craig and, and Dr. Eastless, but uh, what happens if there is an outbreak uh, with these just total of eight games instead of having that, that 10 game window? Well, I'll, I'll take a, a stab. You know, certainly uh, we will come up with some type of parameters as to when a game would be canceled. And I can't say postponed because we are in an eight game, eight week window. There is no place to reschedule it. And so, uh, you know, whatever our league determines as, as the parameters and the, the minimums to play the game, um, we will abide by those. And certainly we will lean heavily on the advice of the, the medical advisory group to help us put those uh, uh, parameters and bumpers in, if you would. And then uh, just a, a follow-up. So San Diego State had a recent COVID outbreak on campus with more than 900 uh, people reporting that outbreak. Is there Was there any cause for concern or any conversation just about that, uh, despite the fact that, you know, the, the football team has been in quarantine and, and isolating? Yeah, and that gets back, I think, to the, the local county and, and state restrictions, regulations. And we have noticed a, a downward trend in, in most of our markets, I think Utah had a little spike last week. Uh, uh, Wyoming has been holding fairly steady. And, uh, you know, certainly the situation on campus is of, of great concern. And, you know, maybe that's where uh, Dr. Papazian would want to jump in. We, we discussed that with the board, you know, we are going to be, uh, our determination will be made by what's happening in our local communities and what's happening on our campuses. We're saying, hoping that we can play eight games starting October 24th, but there is uh, absolutely no guarantee. I would only just say that um, <clears throat> we're always concerned about outbreaks on campus. Um, in terms of play, it's this is where the bubble is so critical. And uh, this determination will be made um, by the, the local authorities in San Diego. And of course, President Delatore uh, will be you know, the lead on that. Um, we're optimistic that 
the outbreak um, will will be under control by that time. Uh, and we have um, confidence that certainly in terms of the football program, that they've been successful in maintaining uh, the bubble and, and the quarantine. We'll take our next question from Jeff Grammer from the Albuquerque Journal. Hey guys, I, I do have two questions. Um, and, and Dr. Papazian, since you're there, let me reverse these and ask you this one first. There is an obligation um, for you for an entire campus, not just the football team. I'm curious if the Mountain West as a whole or, or you as a university president have any thoughts on the transparency top, topic. Um, should teams be disclosing their number of positives? I know that's come up with some other schools and some other programs that are already playing. Should there be a weekly release of, of positive tests? And what obligation do you have to tell your campus community how many football bubble members test positive each week? Well, let me let me just say each each campus leader uh, and each campus will determine how they want to uh, report uh, cases or uh, exposures or those kinds of things. Um, we have uh, activities going on on campus right now. We may be primarily virtual, but we do have uh, you know, labs happening uh, on the research side, on the teaching side, we've got the band practicing, we have dance going on. And, um, and so we're constantly uh, informing our campus on where things stand, uh, not always the specific numbers, but certainly the process and, and whether there's any areas where we need to be concerned. And, and the football program is one program out of all of our programs on campus and it would fit in the same in the same approach that we take uh, for uh, communicating with the campus more broadly. And, and so to be clear, anybody there, um, there there won't be a requirement to release um, individual team testing numbers, like on a weekly injury report or something? We, we have not determined that, Jeff. I, I don't think there will be, but uh, uh, we could discuss that and it, it could come differently, but right now, no. We are nearing the end of this Zoom call. We'll take a couple more questions and we'll start with Kyle Bonagura from ESPN. Yeah, this question is for Dr. Papazian. Um, as of yesterday, San Jose State still hadn't submitted its return to play plan to this County of Santa Clara, which is a requirement um, from then to even start practicing again. And, and we also face the cohort limit from the state. So, you know, we talked about the window to prepare, San Jose State actually can't meet that window. So I'm wondering what's the most realistic timeline to get the both of those approvals before you can start the acclimation period um, to get ready for the early October 24 start date. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the question. It's actually those conversations are happening as we speak. Um, and we've actually been um, working closely with Stanford University, which is also in Santa Clara County, um, with our public health officials. We we have confidence that we'll find a solution uh, pretty quickly in order to address the concerns. We've been very fortunate on campus that we haven't had uh, you know, outbreaks like, like we've seen at other institutions. And so uh, the, uh, the county is working with us and, um, and we're optimistic that we'll be able to put a plan together that will meet with the appropriate approvals with all the guidelines in, in uh, a quick enough time where we can be comfortable that um, our student athletes will be prepared for the start of the season. So do you think you'll be able to practice by next week then? We're working very hard to be able to do that, yes. Uh, um, I, I don't make all of those decisions, so I can't say yes or no, but, um, but certainly th those, uh, those conversations are happening. We have a really good plan and, we're, we're, uh, and the county has been very open to having the conversations with us. 
Our next question comes from Jay Tust from KTVB in Boise, Idaho. Uh, yeah, this one's for Craig. And um, Craig, just curious, how, how interesting have the last six weeks been since you had to postpone football season? And then what was the moment that you really did see opportunity that this, this might be able to work and that you might be able to bring football back much earlier than you originally anticipated? I really think it goes back to the, the rapid antigen testing and uh, with, with Quest's uh, support and partnership, uh, it really started to turn probably in the last couple of days for us. And, you know, and I think some of my peers have said that was really the game changer. That, that is gospel. That is what's been the difference maker for us. And then um, you mentioned that the Mountain West is going to cover 100% of the costs of testing. Do you expect some schools to maybe test more than three times a week? And then um, how, how does the Mountain West fund that? Is, is, do you guys have a reserve or does that come from television revenue or, or somewhere else? There could be more tests than the, the three that uh, the league will provide. And yes, it's coming out of a reserve fund. We're gonna have time for one more question. You can follow up with myself or Stuart Buchanan in the office after this call, but due to time constraints and everybody else's schedule, we're gonna take one last question from Van Tate at KRQE in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, this is for Craig. And Craig, uh, since it's the last question, I'll make it a two-part question. How about that? Is that okay? <laughs> okay, first of all, I know you said you talked to some of the local officials and state government here in New Mexico because of how strict uh, the, the mandatory state guidelines are here. Um, how is that going? And do you feel encouraged by your talks with them? And the second part of that, has there been any, any consideration with uh, states, with teams that are in states that are having those kind of issues to have a neutral playing site designated somewhere where they could go and play there? Because it looks like New Mexico is gonna play all their games on the road at this point. We, we have not discussed the neutral site uh, except kind of peripherally, and uh, there are some options available perhaps. And in terms of, of working with uh, Dr. Stokes and, and Eddie Nunez, you know, we, we stay in constant contact. You know, again, the emphasis here are all these decisions are made on a local or state basis. And uh, we, we will see who is available and ready to play on October 24th. It was a collective Mountain West decision, but individual institutions may have to adjust. 